Hello, hello. Thanks for listening to Guidance Counselor 2.0. Listen, I want to give you a quick rundown of what this podcast is and what you're about to get into as you listen to these episodes. We had guidance counselors in middle school. We had guidance counselors in high school, but we didn't really have guidance counselors in college. And now as professionals, we don't really have anybody to turn to, to ask a quick question, to learn something about the job search or to navigate your career. And so that is what I want this podcast to be for you. I want it, for it to be a tool for you to navigate the job search and your career. So that being said, I hope you enjoy this episode. And if you need to reach me, Taylor at Vaco, V-A-C-O.com is how to get in touch with me, old fashioned email, social media at T-D-E-S-S-E-Y-N. T-D-E-S-S-E-Y-N. And finally, please rate and review this in the app store because I want this to be discoverable for others so they can navigate their careers. Hope you enjoy the episode. John Michael, uh, don't want to put too much pressure on you, but you got a lot of eyes on you this morning. Uh, So, uh, man, give the people what they want. Just a quick background about who you are and what you do. Yeah, so my name is John Michael McCasland. Uh, You can call me JM or John Michael. Um, I've been a front-end engineer uh, with a little bit of back-end here and there uh, for about five, five and a half years or so. Worked like on product teams initially as a junior, like primarily like internal teams, then made a transition into e-commerce, working directly for merchants. Uh, a couple months ago, I joined a new team called Upscribe, um, and we're actually providing like um, new subscription management platform um, for e-commerce brands. I love it. I love it. So uh, John Michael and I met, I think, uh, how long has it been? Three, two months, three months, three months? Yeah, two, two or three months. Yeah. So so let's talk about your job search, man. I mean, I, I think uh, it happened pretty quick. Um, I think you had a lot of success. So can you just break down maybe some things that you would suggest to people or just kind of talk about to let people know that they're not alone? Yeah, like, so for me, like, you know, I did the, like, I did a boot camp initially, you know, in 2017, and then kind of just went straight into freelance from there. Um, and, you know, I spent three, four years in freelance. And then uh, one of my clients eventually hired me full time. And that was my first full time role. It's like a little bit of a culture shock, you know, like now there's like rules and like an organization that I exist in, and I can't yeah. just, you know, bounce off and, uh, you know, go like live a freelance like type of life. Sure. And, um, so that, like, that was a little bit of a culture shock. Um, and I, I really enjoyed working at that company. I was really excited, like, um, to be working with Shopify, like, in a long-term environment. You know, yeah. freelance, like, a lot of times, it's like stop and go. You like leave a project, um, you know, maybe ninety percent there, and you want to keep keep like iterating over it forever. Um, but you don't always get to do that in that type of environment. Right. Um, so for me, like, working at that, like, I was working at Hint Water um, on the e-commerce front, and uh, really just learning constantly i made a post the other day like they're you know hiring a new engineer now and it's like I, you know a million things were added to my tool belt sure. by working like at a non-tech company um but with that like came some caveats like there wasn't a ton of room like for technical growth um or or mentorship because we're working on a smaller technical team um and so i kind of made the decision that i wanted to work on a larger software team where i should sure. have more opportunities for technical mentorship um, but I really had no idea where I stood, right? Because I was freelancing for like my entire career and then took a gig w- or a full-time gig with a client. Um, and so there wasn't a lot of negotiation or back and yeah. forth or applying for other jobs, multiple offers. And so when I started, like I decided, you know, I was ready to make, make a change and like it was kind of lost. And so I applied to a couple jobs, you know, took a couple recruiting calls and wasn't really sure like, you know, what I was looking for in terms of salary, what was like reasonable um, or what type of organization or role I could pull. Um, yeah. 
so I gave Taylor a call and uh, Taylor hopped on the phone. He helped me like work out my resume and like, like my, and we polished up my LinkedIn and stuff as well. And like, it was like night and day. My inbox literally exploded. I still have messages I haven't been able to get to. It's like <laughs> really awesome. It's like this stuff like really, really works. Like, um, and yeah, like I, um, I mean, in January, like, I guess like the beginning part of December and January I probably took 50 like recruiting, like screening calls. Um, and that many, a lot. Like I was, I was super stressed just cause I like, I, I was really gunning for like the best possible, like lifestyle fit for sure. like my next role. And, sure. um, like I, I did get into like a multiple offer situation. I was like super eager to accept one of those, but like, didn't quite feel like incredibly stoked about any of those roles in particular and was having trouble choosing between right. them because of it. Um, and at that point, you know, I was ready to like start uh, dropping down like some of the calls that I was taking and like pursuing fewer opportunities and just choosing from what I had. And uh, I was on the phone with one recruiter, you know, dropping some of these future interviews that were coming up. And uh, he, you know, he was, he really wanted me to interview and, you know, like get those, those jobs, but none of them were quite lined up, but he did give me some really good advice. And he said, like, listen, man, I know like you're taking a crazy amount of calls and you're working, you know, your full-time job and trying to live the rest of your life. Like, um, but I just encourage you, like, if you haven't found like the perfect fit yet, like don't stop like the mm. next two, two, three weeks, like they might be really stressful. You might be stretched really thin. Uh, but if you keep interviewing and keep taking calls, you're going to meet new people and you're eventually going to find like, you know, the perfect gig. Yeah. Um, and I kept doing that. And eventually I landed on the phone with Brett, my current manager at Upscribe and uh, the lead engineer Grant. And we were like in and done in like 48 hours, uh, perfect fit, like so much overlap in terms of my past experience and what Upscribe yeah. was doing that it was just a no brainer. And I almost like didn't take the call with them. I really? dropped it. And so I'm like, just because I was stressed out from like how many calls I was taking and it like turned it out to be the absolute best fit. I'm curious, like there's so many things to unpack here and, 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 and I, I love all that, what you said, let's, let, let's break down a few things real fast. One, how did you find out your worth? Because, well, <laughs> you know, cause I, cause I think people struggle with that, right. Coming from boot camps, coming from freelance, like they don't know where they stand. Like, did you, do you have any suggestions? Yeah. So like a little bit of Googling. Um, and then also like, I, like, I, I remember going into the call with you. I said, I don't really know where I stand, but I know I want to double my income like this, this year. Right. And you know, that's kind of, kind of gutsy to say like, but you know, and I didn't, you know, I didn't double my income, but I like did take like a pretty large like salary increase. Um, and, you know, I guess it was like just setting the goal and then like talking to people, finding mentors or people that might know. And, and in my case, you know, that was you like yeah. talking about what kind of salary I wanted. And you helped me set my expectations like almost like immediately. Did, did, did other recruiters help you set expectations too? Or is it because you talked and again, I, I, you know, I, I didn't bring John Michael on be, to give me props. I brought him on because his story is it worked and the process worked. It just happened. We talked early. Did other recruiters help you redefine kind of your salary too? Like, did they give you some tips or at all? Yeah. I mean, I've right. talked to, you know, a lot of recruiters and, um, you know, that was kind of like invaluable experience because I gained like, um, you know, I talked to 50 different recruiters and with all of them, I got like slightly different responses, um, on, on that front. 
you know, some like, you know, were pushing me like, you know, well, like higher than my like expected range. And then there were some that, you know, didn't think I could pull that. Um, yeah, I did. Yeah. So you constantly had that conversation. So, so you kind of knew the range of where you need to be at. Um, let me ask you this 50 calls. That's a lot. You know, I talk all the time about making sure you have like maybe a work specific email to keep up with everything, maybe Trello board, maybe something to kind of keep up where you're at in the process. Did did you do any of that? Like, how did you keep up and time block 50 calls from recruiters? Yeah. So um, first off was getting like an email address that was going to be just for um, like communicating. And then second piece, I I, uh, fired up a Trello board um, and did kind of a Kanban style. like almost Perfect. like a C- CRM. Um, so like every touch point like that I had with each recruiter in each company that I talked with um, kind of went through this flow that I designed in Trello. Okay. Um, and then how did you, did you have a specific day that you took calls? Did you take calls whenever? Did you use Calendly to set up all these calls with recruiters? Like how did you organize your time? Cause I think a lot of people that are listening and watching right now, I think probably struggle um, with time blocking. So did you, do you have any tips or tricks at all from time blocking all those calls? Yeah, so not so much. Like I, you know, I think maybe like I was a little bit too lenient and okay. like um, working with, you know, like other people's schedules. Yeah. Um, and that's like what contributed to a good chunk of my stress. But yeah, uh, I, w- I was really just eager to like meet as many people as I could because um, I, you know, working remote like my entire career i felt like i was kind of in a like social silo a little yeah. bit you know we're, we're all online but uh, i wasn't getting a lot of face time you know like with really anyone at my company or like really anyone else in the tech world um so like one of the big takeaways is like i feel like i made a bunch of friends there it is um, and, I, and I, I met more people in the tech space than um you know, I've met in my entire career just in January. Well, I talk I about like, yeah. that. I mean, I think the interview process, I think the interview process is, is basically forced networking. Yeah. I mean, you're going to meet a lot of people, whether you like it or not, you might as well take advantage of it. And so if you were to do the job search again, or there's people on the job search now, what would you do differently this, this next time around? It's mm, a good question. Um, you know, like, I, I think towards the end of it, I started to get into this headspace where I like, and, and I think this is the benefit of, you know, doing 50 recruiting calls or an insane number, because after a, after a while, like you start to get a little bit more comfortable with who you are and how you're presenting yourself, like to the interviewer and like, yeah. And it's like, uh, like, you just kind of like, here I am. Do you like me? Do we connect? Like, you so, know, it's so- less about trying to prove something. Oh, I love that so much. Would you say that you got better at telling your story because you were saying it nonstop to these recruiters? A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I hate to say it. Recruiters are kind of your way to practice interviewing. Like just talk to a recruiter. Now, let me ask you this. I'm also curious for my sake, out of those 50 calls, what percentage was Zoom video versus phone call? I did a lot of first like phone calls. The first phone um, calls, okay. Occasionally, um, you know, I'd I'd say probably like five percent of my recruiting calls actually happened on Zoom. Wow. Maybe a little bit less. Um, okay. A lot of phone calls. Um, uh, lots of like you know quick like LinkedIn back and forths. Yeah. Um, 
And then uh, I wasn't getting on Zoom a lot until I was like like meeting first person at the company or sure. getting into actual interviews. Do you as a job seeker, and again, this is these are all these questions I'm asking you just as a recruiter, do you feel that a recruiter asking for a Zoom call first thing, is it too much? Do you feel like you know the recruiter maybe a little bit more if you have a Zoom call first? Like I'm interested to hear your thoughts. I, and, and, and this is mixed, right? I have a ton of job seekers that go, Zoom calls with recruiters from the first thing are stupid. They waste too much time. I can't do Zoom calls all the time. But I know for me, I just feel better when I meet somebody face-to-face. So I'm interested to hear your thoughts. There's no wrong answers. Yeah, I, you know, I think my preferences are kind of like constantly evolving. Sure. Um, you know, maybe based on like, <laughs> maybe based on, you know, my like stress level or like, uh, like busyness that like at that sure. particular time. Um yeah. I, I think, you know, I really do appreciate like the phone calls up front because I, I think sometimes uh, like job descriptions can be a little bit cryptic or um, sure. not clear always. And like, like what is exactly like, you know, a hard requirement for the gig versus like a nice to have. Yeah. Um, so when you can get on the phone, you can just hash through those kind of quickly. And it's like a little less labor intensive than getting on a Zoom. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I love that. Uh, we had a bunch of people chime in. I see y'all like crazy uh, right now. I mean, we got Raymond, Chris, John. Uh, John goes in. This wild. My middle name is Michael. People call me JM, and I graduated from boot camp. It's one of our evil twins. I love Ooh. it. Samantha, Brandon, what's going on? Brandon is my brother. I've never met another Brandon before. Um, Marion, I love it. Um, Christina, it's so good to see you. Lifestyle fit matters. Good job setting boundaries on, on your Thank end. You. Um, Britt, I'm glad you took the call. That's uh, my manager. I love it. I love <laughs> it. Uh, Matt, good morning. Um, uh, Josue, good morning. Um, John coming in, obviously agreeing with the job specific email. Again, so many comments. Christina basically summarized with what you just said. I love that so much. Um, let's see here. Hunter.co. So I've heard of Hunter as well. It's an awesome alternative to Trello for job stacking, the job seeking. The UI is really, really smart. Yeah, I've heard that as well. Um, so for those of y'all, check that out. Shoot me a DM because um, I would love to hear more about your experience with Hunter.co, Michael. So shoot me a DM. Um, cool. So let's so let's kind of move on to the second part of this conversation. And I think it's just interview experiences, um, how you felt treated, where you're currently at, what, what endeared yourself to that company. So, so can we talk, I guess, you know, first thing about maybe some, some onboarding, you know, and then maybe some blockers that you felt during the interview process. Can you talk about just the importance of the interview process and just how it makes for a better experience? Yeah. So like, one thing like, you know, I started to pick up on, um, was like when like, I felt like interviewers were being honest or dishonest with me, um, whether it was like, you know, maybe I don't think anybody's ever like being, you know, like necessarily malicious, but like I, I started to like ask questions like, Hey, are there like, do you have any concerns like about me in this role? What's going to prevent me from, from getting this? Like, like, how do you feel? You know, basically just a vibe check at the end yeah. of the call. Like I'm what's going to, what's going to happen that. next? Like, yeah. And, uh, you know, I knew immediately in that moment, like in most of my calls, like whether or not we were going to be moving forward, um, on, on either end. Like, I, I guess like, I just have felt like some intuition, like on whether sure. or not, like an interview was saying like, Oh yeah, like no concerns. See a, see a little bit. Or like, you know, sometimes that meant like, we're not going to call you back. Sure. Um, sure. Um, but also like, 
I really like one thing I really appreciate about Upscribe, you know, I, I came in with a couple offers on the table already. And I said, listen, like I took this call because like there's just insane overlap on the subscriptions front. And I'm really interested sure. in working with you guys. But like if we're going to do this, like I'm so stressed out with all that. Like it was like at the point where like, you know, I like couldn't do anything except be honest. Did, and, did, like, like, did you say all that in the interview process? Like I'm super stressed out at this point basically yeah like yeah. maybe not like verbatim but i was like i've been through a lot of interviews like i was maybe not gonna take this but i really want to like see what you guys are doing because this is really yeah. exciting yeah and um at that point you know it was uh really clear like that they wanted to keep talking and then yeah. um moved really really quick like that's what like, you know really or i guess one point that really sold me so, so you, so you sent some things to me about, you know, Friday, happy hangouts, unlimited PTO, rest and relaxation sprints, impact of engineering and quality, shifting mental models. I think all those are kind of around culture within organizations, right? So, so, so let's kind of break that down. Maybe, maybe highlight, um, so is Upscribe a remote company, remote first? Mm-hmm. So talk yeah. about some culture stuff, right? Uh, Friday happy hour hangouts, because I'm trying to pick people's brains too. One, trying to do it with my team because I lead a team, but then also two, trying to make it where other people can kind of cheat off all of our papers. So talk about maybe, you know, some the, the you know, unlimited PTO, the Friday, happy hour hangouts. Um, so, so, so let's, let's start there. Yeah. On the unlimited PTO front, you know, that's like uh, one, so, one of those things that I feel like can be an awesome thing at a company, but also has opportunity to like either be trap. abused or a trap. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and one thing I'm noticing at Upscribes, like we get like regular reminders, like, Hey, did you like take any time off this month? Like, when, when's your next vacation? Like I get like a monthly like reminder from Brett to make sure we're taking time love off. Um, uh, so like, and, and it's like, I don't know, we've kind of created a culture where it's like, you're not like asking like necessarily for time off. You're, you're just like giving your team, like, you know, plenty of like, ample heads up and, sure. um, we're, I mean, we're a small team, so we just try to work together to make sure that everybody can live like their best, um, their best life. And, and you know, if you're doing that, you can do your best work. Um, I love that. Live, li- live your best life, do your best work. Uh, I think, I think that needs to be like a shirt or something. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it is. Like, um, but yeah, like we, uh, so I, you know, I think the first like part of culture, like is like allowing like space and not like trying to like create it necessarily and i've definitely been Wait, well, hold, on, hold on hold on allow space and not trying to create it you mean like create like try to create culture just allowing people to have the space yeah like That's i've heard good. like friends being at different like companies that. like where like they switched from remote to like on site because they want to create like a culture um, and you know, that's like a forced like thing, you know, now everybody has to go to the office so that we yeah, that's, can not, culture. that's yeah. not culture. That's forced culture. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's also not good culture. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like at Upscribe, like, I just feel like we've taken so many like intentional steps to make sure like that, like one, like we have opportunity to get to know each other a little bit better. Like, and it's not forced. Um, we use this app called Cosmos. Have you heard of that? No, do I need to check it's it like, out? I think it's rad. Like I thought it was a little cheesy at first, but it's like kind of a metaverse type thing in the browser. Um, so you have a little avatar and we basically have an upscribe office. And like, so for happy hours and some meetings, we'll go into Cosmos and we have an office with different rooms. And if you like go into one of these rooms and somebody else is in it, you basically get a Zoom feed 
on top of this game. And so you go into a different room, you can't communicate with that person anymore. And you're now talking to other people. And so we have like a boardroom in there and you That's can see cool. like, oh, like so-and-so is talking to like whoever. Like, um, it's kind of neat. And there's games in there. And, you know, I think all of these things that have opportunity to be like super cheesy, but sure. I, I think the first step is just like creating opportunity to like hang out um, yeah. like in an optional way. And I think like, I, I think it's really like, like an individual thing, like to, I guess like lean into some of these things and like be vulnerable and like get to know your, your teammates um, across like departments. And I think like one of the benefits of being at a startup, like, is that like we're a small team and that's, that's easy right yeah. now. And there's just a lot of intention on like allowing the culture to develop now um, and like kind of create some like guardrails for that. So that when we do grow and we, you know, we're, 40 people or a hundred people yeah. we've, we've done some, some pre-work to allow things like that to exist. Absolutely. Brett, if you're still watching, if you want to grow to that much, hit me up. I can help y'all staff up people anyways, uh, moving on. So, uh, talk about smooth onboarding. Um, I'm interested with that, right? Did, uh, uh, I mean, did Upscribe have a fairly, I mean, listen, I don't expect any company to have like the most smoothest onboarding, but I'm curious to hear your experience and how that made you feel. Yeah. That I, I love the caveat at the end. Like, um, so when, when I joined Upscribe, Brett had a, a document written out called 306090. Um, and that was kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna write like that down. yeah, it was like crucial for me to know like what's expected of me, um, you know, in the first month, second month and third month of my, my role there, um, and kind of outline the projects that I was going to be working on. Yeah. Um, you know, not, not knocking anybody, but like in, in the past, like, you know, I've kind of worked on this schedule of like everything's needed like yesterday. Um, and I don't always know what I'm going to be doing coming in, like on Monday or Tuesday, it's going to change based on the fires that we put out. Yeah. Um, Britt was really intentional in making sure that like I had opportunity, um, to like know what I was going to work on for the next three months, um, you know, to an extent. Mm -hmm. And then uh, be able to set like goals myself, like, you know, just my own self agency to make sure that I was able to complete those. Yeah. Um, and then she also like in those like, uh, you know, tasks and projects over the first three months, she placed a lot of intentional blockers in my way um, and also like had tasks like that included me like meeting um, all of our agency partners, all of our like uh, teammates, everybody that I was going to be working with leadership in the company. And all of those like meetings were put like the responsibility to schedule and plan and, and make sure they happen was put on me. Um, so there's just like a lot of accountability and like, uh, like transparency in it that made me feel like confident what I'm doing on a day to day basis and like confident, you know, that like, I'm going to be able to figure like this role out and I'm going to, I'm going to make so, it. So, so, so they, so she outlined like the top people that you need to chase down and meet with yeah. in, in the document. Mm -hmm. I love that. I need, I need to, I need to add that. I, if there's any way you can share that document, I'd love, I'd love to see it. Or at least maybe we can talk yeah. about the framework of it. Um, Brad, if you're watching, I'd love to see it. Um, uh, I love that. So let's, uh, let's talk about, um, there, there's a few questions that have come in. Um, James comes in thoughts on applying to companies with good culture, but products or services that you don't fully believe in versus limiting who you are applying to looking for both. I'm going to say this, that, that is an own decision. I, I think that's a very individualized decision. 
Um, but JM, if you had thoughts on this, what would you say? From the sound of it, you would hold out for both because that's kind of what you did. Yeah, I, I was happy enough like in my in my current or my last role um, that I, I didn't want to make a, a change. Like, I didn't want to take a back step like yeah. in lifestyle fit. Um, I like I, I think I have a tendency to overwork um, and I uh, I think that's our generation. Yeah, right. And I, I was really like, I, I guess like, you know, I was doing tons of side projects, like because I wasn't fulfilled in like the actual code I was writing on a day to day basis. And so like, you know, to like, like achieve fulfillment in engineering, you know, I'm doing side projects at night and on the weekends and just getting super burnt out. Yeah. Um, like with the intention of doing something fun. Uh, and I kind of like through my job, I, I kind of like had the realization that if I'm going to be a happy whole person, I need to take the engineering skills that I have and I need to find a role that like, mm. it's going to be really fulfilling. Otherwise mm. I'm going to keep like burning the candle at both ends and like just continue to burn out um, oh, and, and maybe, you know, not want to be an engineer anymore. And that's not what I want at all. It's like my favorite thing in the world. So. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, Raymond, thanks for the kind words, man. I appreciate it. Um, Jordan, what questions are good to ask in the interview process to get an actual look into the company's culture before committing to an offer? Did, did you have a set amount of questions like laid out? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. You know, I feel like my questions kind of evolved and I, I wish I had like a written list of questions I asked or, or ones that I would fall back on. Um, but I just tried to keep like a really conversational, um, like interview and, um, you know, when there were like perks, like unlimited PTOs, like, what does that really look like at your company? Like, you, you, know, you asked that, like, what does that really look like? Yeah. Cause I'd never, I mean, I'd honestly never worked anywhere that had unlimited PTO. And I was like, you know, kind of, you know, I'd been dreaming about it for years, you know, what is that really like? And yeah. then like, you start to hear, I started to hear, you know, a couple of years ago, it was like the, some of the negative caveats that could occur. And sure. um, so just like out of curiosity. Um, and again, you know, back to like the uh, point on like doing, um, bulk <laughs> like yeah. interviews like you eventually get to this point where like like uh i don't know your skin's like maybe a little bit more uh slick you you're a little more comfortable asking questions that yeah. maybe you wouldn't ask if you were um i guess like if you didn't have like well i'm, I'm kind of curious <laughs> well, would you say your questions got a little bit more poignant and and less bullshit at the later in the interview process you got because of how just tired you were of the process. Like, would you say your questions got a lot more intentional? Yeah, I, I think so. Like, um, you know, I wouldn't advocate necessarily for like just trying to make yourself tired, but like I, before I was an engineer, I was a musician and like, like on the create the creativity front, like when you get up in the morning, you just start writing, like, it's kind of crazy. Like, you know, what can come out that you didn't expect. Sure. Um, and so, and just, and there's also this concept, uh, you know, that my, my wife like continually teaches is like, uh, quantity over quality yeah. in, in certain aspects of creativity. And I felt like that applied in this scenario um, yeah. because yeah, you get loose and you can, um, ask a little bit more pointed questions without like as much of like a consequence. hundred percent. So we're gonna wrap up here. I have a 10, uh, I could talk to you forever. Um, but time flies when we're having fun. We still miss like three or four topics, but I, I, I want to end it here. What's just some general advice for people, anything that we didn't cover, anything that you want to impart on maybe hiring managers, right? Maybe hiring managers, you want to tell them something 
or job seekers, do you have any last final words of wisdom? Yeah. I mean, I'd say definitely like try out like something like a Trello board or, or hunter.io and really like, especially like if you're going for like your first job or your second or third, like, um, you know, or, you know, you're, you're where I was and kind of like, you know, mid-level and looking for like best lifestyle fit really go for like um, the quantity. Cause like, I, I don't think I ever would have necessarily like picked Upscribe out of a bucket and said, they're going to have the best culture fit. Sure. It took me, it took me getting on, on a call with them and then it like, um, you know, just blossoming from there. So I'd say take as many calls as you can, um, you know, and while maintaining your sanity, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, do that and just meet as many people as you can. Any advice for hiring managers that, that like now's your chance to like tell them some things that you wish you could tell them in the interview process? Yeah, I mean, I'd say like just be honest and and upfront and um, like kind of I'd be frank with people. Like I had a couple interviewers like with me that said like in the interview, you know, I don't think this is going to be a good fit. And that's great for me because I know Everybody. Like right away, right? It's like yeah. I can spend less time focusing on this, and then maybe get an answer like why. Yeah. Um. And um. Yeah. So like hiring managers, I just say be real. Yeah. That's <laughs> like, as, like you know that. cliche or like whatever that may may be. So. I love that. Awesome. Well, uh, y'all, thanks for tuning in to Guidance Counselor 2.0 on this wonderful Friday. Uh, y'all go connect with John Michael. I I've I'm I'm so grateful that he's in my network. Um, he's a wealth of knowledge. Um, and uh, he's moving out to Colorado. Um, he's moving out to Denver. So uh, if anybody's watching this in Denver, please connect with him. Grab coffee, lunch, whenever he gets into town. Uh, make him feel welcome. Um, John Michael, stay on real quick uh, as we end. I want to say bye, bye to you. Um, Michael goes motion for part two of this episode. <clears throat> we will uh, we will do a part two. As long as JM will come cool. back, we'll definitely have a part yeah, two. Yeah, absolutely. Um, cool. Awesome. Well, y'all have a great one. I'll see y'all Monday. We, I have a principal engineer in Nashville. He's going to be joining the show. I actually placed him at his current gig. And we're going to talk about career progression, getting to the staff principal level. Um, so it's going to be a great conversation. So again, y'all are fantastic. Thank y'all so much. Y'all take it easy. Peace. Hey, you did it. You listened to an entire episode. And I am very grateful because you know why? There's a lot of podcasts out there. There's a lot of episodes. And I myself rarely finish an entire episode. So I appreciate you so, so much for listening. Quick reminder, please rate and review this podcast in the app store. I want this to be discoverable to others. And the only way that happens is if you take the time right now and rate and review it, please like right now, unless you're driving, then don't do it. So thank you again. If you need to reach out to me, taylor at vaco.com or at tdesson on all social media handles. And I hope you have a fantastic day.